you want to build a successful business that is on a larger scale, look at hiring people early. I spent four and a half, five years working solo, trying to build everything up on my own. And if I could do one thing different over the last five years, I would probably hire someone sooner. Welcome to WP Tonic Live, episode 52. We have a full panel today, but our special guest is Pippin Williams, founder of Easy Digital Downloads. He's a famous WordCamp speaker, of course. Everyone knows him from WordCamp. Tell us about your business. Sure. Uh, So I'm a WordPress plugin developer. I've been working in WordPress for mm, about six to eight years or so. I started building plugins uh, somewhere around 2009, maybe 2010. Uh, and ended up transitioning to a full-time plugin developer about four and a half, five years ago, uh, and now run three different plugin businesses. Easy Digital Downloads is the main one, and then uh, pippinsplugins.com, which is a, a suite of a variety of plugins as well as plugin development services and education, and then Affiliate WP. All right, thanks, Bill. I've solved my technical problem. So thanks, Pippin, for that. Um, I'd like to introduce the rest of the panel. Um, ladies first. Um, can we go through with Sally first, please? Let's let Sally unmute. I just had to take a minute to unmute. Um, uh, hi. Yes, I'm not in a witness protection program. I'm only in a, a dark vapor bar. Uh, uh, so I can't get any better lighting, and you will be hearing a bit of uh, sound. Uh, normally, uh, I'm at home in my home office where I do my WPFangirl.com uh, business and most of my organizing for the East Bay WordPress meetup. All right, thank you, thank you. Um, David, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I'm in my home office where I run WPFanboy. Um, <laughs> rather, uh, I run a WordPress development shop. Um, I also organize WordCamp Orlando, and uh, I think I'm our... Uh, East Coast rep for this group. <laughs> right, thank you. Um, would um, Adam like to introduce himself? No, I'm going to let David do that for me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I am Adam Silver. I uh, run a podcast over at Kitchen Sink WP, and I have a meetup in Los Angeles area, South Bay of LA, and I'm co-organizing WordCamp Los Angeles this year. I've been to six WordCamps so far this year. I'm trying to go for a record. Wow. Yeah, you've done a lot. Um, that, uh, John, would you like to introduce yourself? Which John? Sure. No, sure thing. Uh, I'm, no, sure thing. I'm John Locke. I'm an independent web developer from Sacramento, California, and I operate as Lockdown Design. Oh, thank you. Jonathan, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, Jonathan Perez, Surefire Web Services. I teach courses. I do consulting. I haven't organized a WordCamp yet, but maybe that'll be on my list in the future. Step up my game a little bit. <laughs> All right, then, um, Pippin. I like um, I like to go through our first question. Um, basically, I like to discuss um, what major lessons have you learned from being a WordPress from your WordPress development career, um, anything that you fundamentally learned looking back over quite um, eventful career in WordPress, really? Anything you'd like to say about that subject? Sure. I mean, there's there's so many different things, um, big and small, that I think we all learn as we're either building our own businesses, working with others. Um, but one of the, the biggest ones for me that has really uh, been important recently 
is that as as I've been working to to grow the business uh, and to scale better, um, that if if you want to build a successful business that is on a larger scale, look at hiring people early. Uh, I spent four and a half, five years working solo, trying to build everything up on my own. And if I could do one thing different over the last five years, I would probably hire someone sooner, even right. if it's just even if it's just part time. Yeah. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, to go off of what Pippin said, or something that I learned in my career of development. Whatever. You know, you want to comment what Pippin has just said, or add something new? It's totally up to you, Jonathan. Um, well, one thing that I learned is um, that business is a whole other beast besides development. And uh, if you want to learn how to grow a business in addition to hiring, you really need to learn how to run and manage a business Um in order to scale it, because doing development is one thing, but you know, managing and, and growing a business is a whole other thing. So. Hey, Jonathan, just wanted to follow up. Who did Hippen, Hippen hire? Who were the first hires he had? Uh, very first person I hired full time was Sean Davis, uh, followed quickly by Andrew Monroe, who goes by Sumobi, uh, and then Chris Klosowski. What do you look for in your hires? Like what type of characteristics um, and what type of skills? There's it, So there are some skills that are dependent upon the role that they're being hired for. Are they a developer? Are they support? Are they documentation? But there's one to me that is important for all of all the positions, no matter what it is, uh, development, support, docs, or anything else, uh, and that is being self-driven and self-managing. I am not a manager, and while I may technically run the company. Uh, I am not there to delegate tasks on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and so being able to self-manage is huge. Right. Thanks for that. Um, what about um, David? Um, what do you think? Uh, to echo what Jonathan said, uh, running a business is a lot. There are a lot of other skill sets uh, required than just uh, building a product or uh, you know, building a website, doing a service. Um, there's a there are a lot more things that you need to learn. And what I found is, uh, with a lot of us in in our cases, and a lot of people I've uh, you know met, we start out building things. We think, oh, this is a cool thing, and maybe other people will want this. And then kind of like jump into the deep end of figuring out how to actually work with people as clients, as opposed to just making cool things. Um, clients are not people. Clients are not people. Clients are like uh, friends. Steve Zanger says friends. They're they're very uh, delicate orchids. They need to be cared for, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they can flourish. Yeah. Well, good then, Adam. What what would you contribute to this? So, you know, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, Business, you know, I mean, having an idea is one thing. Everyone has ideas. Implementation and follow-through are the, the core elements, I think, you know. And then, of course, like, you know, Pippin said, you know, know your strengths and hire appropriately. You know, if your strength is management, great. You don't need a, man a product manager. You need a developer. Um, if you need someone to run the books for you or cook the books for you, it depends on what angle you're going for. Um, <laughs> sorry. It just, you know, it just depends on you need them to do what you do best, outsource them, or bring in the rest. That was supposed to be a rhyme or anything. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a poet, if you didn't know it. But, you know, you just really want to do what you do best. Focus on that. And surround yourself by everyone else really 
who has uh, strengths that can help you. All right, great. What about you, John? Uh, biggest thing that I've learned so far is you got to manage expectations correctly. You know, uh, whether you're working with other people, whether you're working with clients, uh, a lot of it comes down to um, letting them know, uh, you know, what the boundaries are, what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and knowing what they can expect from you. And that actually cuts down on a lot of problems if, if you uh, manage your expectations from the start because yeah. it's a void that they try and fill. Yeah. Um, Pippin, um, you discussed this on your podcast, Applied Filters, you know, I think with your co-host about the process that you, you've employed and to connect you to hiring people. Um, is there anything that you would like to add to that? Because I, I think your co-host spoke about how his mythology about hiring, but I don't think you actually said, you know, sure. have you learned you know, um, to approach that differently for, you know, the, the few years that you've been hiring people? Yeah, so the um, the philosophy that, that Brad, my co-host, uh, has really been advocating, and I'm definitely an advocate of it now as well, is going through a trial period. Um, and I know there's a lot of other companies that do the same way. So instead of just uh, courting somebody and then doing your interviews and what have not, uh, and then just hiring them, Go through a go through a trial process. Uh, give them a, give them a month. Treat them like an like an employee, a full time team member during that time, um, and you see how it goes. Uh, it's known on both ends that if things don't work out for whatever reason at the end of the month, that that's it. Uh, but at that point, then oh, in the course of a month, you can really figure out how well you're going to work together as a team, and it makes it a lot safer, um, a much safer process. Uh, for anybody who's who's hired people full time, uh, and if you go through the process of insurance and unemployment taxes, and city taxes and state taxes, all of that is a real pain in the ass. And yep. what you don't want to do is not only find out that you've hired somebody that's the wrong person, and then you have to fire them, and well, that all sucks. But then just the management aspects of it. Uh, and so going through it, I think going through a trial phase is is a great idea. Um, it's not something that we've done with every person that we've hired, but it's something we will always do in the future, probably. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to ask you another quick question and go to the rest of the panel, because, you know, the panel's quite, you know, very experienced. But I think you've got a, a well-established business on the plug-in side. So when you said you were looking at, you know, you made a mistake not hiring early, was that... Was that due to control, or was that that your cash flow was going up and down so much, and you were a bit frightened about hiring somebody? What what were the factors on reflection that stopped you from hiring? Uh, I think looking back on it, it was probably partially control. I, I've always been a do-it-myself kind of person. Uh, whether we're talking about plug-in development or wiring the plugs in my bathroom or fixing the plumbing. Uh, I've always been a do-it-myself. It's kind of how I grew up in my family. And and so that was just natural to me just to say, oh, we need to send out a newsletter? Okay, I'll do it. We need to do customer support? Okay, I'll do it. Um, and eventually it just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't manage it all, and so hiring was a necessity. But it's still, I think, 
relinquishing that control was still difficult. Not because uh, of not trusting the people that we choose to hire, but simply because of that natural, I'm going to do it myself uh, mentality. Um, Cash flow was not really an issue at the time. Uh, We've had pretty good growth, and that's something we're very fortunate of. Right. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I know that you're you're very active business-wise. You know, do you have a kind of mixture of any staff that you hired, and then you have a lot of freelancers? How how do you mix? What's your experience of hiring freelancers to help you and more full-time staff, maybe? Um, you know, to piggyback to piggyback off of what Pippin said, you, you do kind of get into that mindset of. I do this and I do things a certain way and can I have somebody do this the same way that I do? <laughs> so there is a little bit of control that you do have to let go, but you know exactly what he said is just give them a trial, let them try a project, do something first before you commit fully to them and then if they do a good job, then for me I'll just continue to give them work or if it's not so good, then it kind of slows down, but that's kind of like the the process in which you go by, I go by. Yeah, what about you, Adam? Because you've been self-employed for a long time. You know, you've had a mixture of working for people and also for extended periods being self-employed. Um, do you think that's hard when you know for somebody that's doing it themselves, even when they know they need to, to actually give up control? Adam, it is. It's extremely hard. I mean, honestly, I've made a conscious effort this year, starting back in January, to where if I'm going to outsource something, if I think I'm going to hire someone for a specific project, I decide that immediately. Because if you don't, you know, unless you have somebody on staff or a consistent basis, you know, when finding that good person, that good fit, it takes time. And I haven't found that person yet for what I did. I had a few people, some, uh, one developer, one designer, copywriter, but um, my developer had some life issues, so I don't use that person anymore. But it was unfortunate, I dropped the ball on something. We, we're still friends, um, but I decide if I'm gonna, if I can't do it myself, I need to decide within the first day, because otherwise, if I wait a few days to think about it, I'm already behind. Based on back, you know, back on what you know, uh, what Locke said as far as managing expectations of client and relationships. So I go back to that. I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna outsource this, I decide right away. If I don't, then I just have to suck it up and do it myself, which is fine. And I'm, I don't want to be greedy. It's not about the money. It's about what can I manage myself? Because at the end of the day, I want to run a business that's profitable not a non-profitable. I mean, I, I've been, my joke is I run a non-profitable business, like not a non-profit. No, I mean, I make money. Um, <laughs> it just depends on how you order it. it. depends on when the money comes in. I know I'm owed some money right now. I have people owe me a chunk of money now. Um, yeah. So it just, you, have to dec- you have to make the decision quick. How do you manage it? The expectation, how do you manage the workflow? And I, don't, I say no to work now, too. So, I, oh. so real quick, I want to add one more thing. I also came back from a work camp this year from San Diego. And I now charge for discovery, plain and simple. I yeah. will give you five minutes on the five minutes on the phone, and that's it. After that, if I meet with you in person or any longer in Skype or a hangout, I charge for discovery because I can't afford to work for free. What about um, David's move? David, um, what's your you know views about this and your experience? I definitely think uh, the phrase you know would be uh, slow to hire, quick to buyers are important. Um, it it's really easy when uh, in my case when I've needed someone to fill a certain role to kind of get into this like honeymoon phase of going oh you're the you know it's love at first sight you're the perfect person you you 
do everything just as needed and everything's great. And uh, and then maybe maybe familiarity comes where I've had some times where someone's going to drop the ball on a project and not gotten it done on time, or maybe um, I took people at their word for skills without actually testing them. There have been a couple of times just where I found, okay, it's not the best fit. Um, and so I'm trying to get better at making sure that the fit is there before hiring them as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, as, as opposed to just hoping that it works out. Um, yeah, a bit it, like what Pippin just expressed, really. Yeah, and um, I, I definitely agree, uh, you know, having people on test projects, uh, or not test, but having people on individual project basis before going all in is uh, very important. What about, what about Sally? What's your feelings about this, Sally? Um, I'm finding that what I need to do before I can delegate more, before I could say I would love to hire someone to do project management, um, but I need to define my processes more clearly and write them down because otherwise I cannot expect somebody else to follow them and I can't automate anything and I can't. So this is what I'm, where I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, I think that's um, a. If you don't mind in for a second, I think that's a super important point that we figured out the hard way. Um, I when we've hired our first few people, um, I didn't really have any of those processes written out or figured out what they were. We didn't have any um, policies or or even just guidelines on how things are done. It was just kind of well, there's support, there's development, go get started, <laughs> and just never really realized that that doesn't work very well. And there's a reason, <laughs> it, it made me realize I, I don't really like formal policies that well, but there's a reason they exist. Um, and definitely found that to be very true. It's a balance, isn't it, Pippin? I think it's, um, you, you know, you're a small company, um, so you want that agility. You don't want it to become too stuffy and formal because that could affect your ability to adapt to market trends, couldn't it? But on the other hand, you do need some structure, don't you, Pippin? Right. Well, and some of that structure, having those processes figured out and written out even and having them all documented um, is not just about, hey, this is the way we do things. It's also onboarding. When you hire a new team member, unless they're already intimately familiar with how you do everything, they have to learn somehow. And so you either sit down and teach them and you take time out of your day or the day of someone else on the team, or you hand them this the, the pre-written guidelines, the instruction booklet, basically, that gets them the introduction, at least. Yeah, because um, not, not since I've got into the world of WordPress, but when I was in the United Kingdom, Britain, um, I had over 30 people working for me, Pippin, and I, I learned the hard way that you needed a manual, you needed documentation, you needed some structure, otherwise it became a, it, you know, I really learned the hard way because I was, I was a bit like you, I, di I didn't really want to do it, but I learned the hard way that you got to do it. Yep, I always thought, that, always thought it was weird that you have internal company documentation and then I figured out that, oh, there's a reason that exists. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a quick kind of secondary question that wasn't on our list. Um, oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. <laughs> um, basically, um, Pippin, I was reading, what's your, what's your position on partnerships, on commercial partnerships or kind of um, doing kind of deals with other kind of WordPress to kind of build your business up? Or have you always shied away from partnerships, kind of formal or informal? 
Um, I have, I have no issue with them at all. Um, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of different kinds of partnerships. Like, are, are we talking about I own 50% of the company and you own 50% of the company, or more of a okay, we are both independent agencies and we're going to collaborate on this project? Which one are you really asking about? Either really, because um, there was an article that was sent to me by Steve Lima about you know one of the factors that you know he found really constructive was to find really good partners, and that really helped you know, accelerates growth, um, that you can't do everything yourself. There are risks finding partners. Um, Okay, so along those lines, I think it's really important. Uh, And if you can find the right partner or partners, uh, they can be invaluable to you. Um, Just just as an example, uh, one of our projects, which is Affiliate WP, the affiliate marketing plugin that we sell, uh, that one started as a a partnership with Andrew Monroe from day one. Uh, And it is 10 times bigger or more because of that partnership than if I had done it myself. It's a fantastic plugin, I might add. I, I'm one of your customers, Pippin. I appreciate uh, it. I need yeah, you got my money. Uh, uh, what's, what's your experience on partnerships and that, Adam? Go on. Oh, that, um, I don't have any um, partnerships <clears throat> in the sense of uh, business, more referrals, you know, like, if somebody wants to work with me or collaborate, I'll outsource something. I'll usually, it depends. For example, I just did a job yesterday, and part of the job was a site um, and a logo. You know, and they're two separate things. And I, and I was very clear with the client um, that the logo is above and beyond, and I could outsource it, or I could refer it. And in this case, I'm going to uh, sub it out, uh, I think, um, because I think it's uh, it'll work out better for me to manage this other person. She's uh, newer to business and younger. So I think it might be better for me to manage that way. And she's really, she's good and she's really cheap. So I can oh, be, right. so just, I, mean, I, I want to help her. I want to educate her, but not yet. Child labor. Uh, what about you, David? What's your experience about partnerships, you know, formal, informal? You, have you had good experience, bad experiences? Uh, generally good experiences. It's... Um, Besides being able to offload some work and uh, you know offload specifically things that I'm not very good at, um, that usually means someone who has a different skill set than I do, so a different viewpoint. Uh, so not only am I getting the bonus of an extra set of hands, but an extra set of eyes and an extra you know head too to uh, to to maybe see different ways to solve a problem that I might not have done, or uh, different ways to handle a problem I might not have done. Um, I have a question though, David. I have a question and for the panel. So if you if you outsource not outsource if you refer, if you refer something if anyone has an answer to this do you expect a referral fee or is it something you discuss ahead of time? Uh, I do not know. Um, I know some people do. I what if it's a fifteen thousand dollar project? Be nice. Uh, I generally I'll do it. <laughs> no, I generally hope for a. Um, maybe maybe a thought back later. Usually when I do referrals, it's either for projects that are. Uh, out of my range for uh, either I don't have enough time uh, or the budget is too low for me or too high for me. Uh, and then, you know, preferably I hope that those people will uh, reciprocate. Later. reciprocate. And, and that has worked out in the past. I've had some reciprocal projects. I don't, you know, like tell people to do it because I don't really think that would work. But most people are going to think, oh, okay, I know this person and he's done something for me before. 
If you're doing referral fees, you better have an agreement ahead of time. Just right. Saying, mm -hmm. Just referring a project to someone yes. and then finding out they did it and going to them and saying, oh, you owe me $5,000. That's not cool. Right. Uh, no, <laughs> that, that would be bad. So, so Adam, do yeah. you pay referral fees to people? Um, it's, never come, it's never come my way. I've always referred. I've taken jobs. People know me somehow. They come to me and they trust me. And I refer work out. And some of them are small stuff. No big deal. Some is big stuff. You know, it's always that weird thing, you know, and I have, um, why am I presenting to everybody? That's weird. <laughs> I don't want to present everything. It's tough. That's weird. Oh, right. it seems to be fine, Adam. Okay, good. So my screen is something. Then John, uh, I think Bill's doing something crazy. So anyway. Um, <laughs> well, he's the wizard, Adam. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, no, I've just referred jobs. I've re I have referred work out to people. Some of it has worked out well. Some hasn't. Um, and I hear both sides of it as well. I hear from the person who contacted me, and I say, I'll, con I'll connect someone to say to John Locke. And that person does have me look at the site, and John Locke, for example, will do the site. So I know John's being paid. <laughs> you know, So it's worked out so far so good for the most part. Um, I don't expect it. I think, like Pippin was saying, if, you, if it's something that you're expecting, you have to work that out ahead of time. Like, okay, look, I'm not a B&I group. I'm not going to be first about expect 10% every time. I just, you know, it's more of a community base, and that's how I work it. If it's $50,000, I'm going to hope for something. So. What about you, John? What's your experience on this? Well, I've had um, other people, like, refer me um, stuff, and I've referred other stuff to other people. And the thing of it is, is, is sometimes uh, those referrals work out, and sometimes they don't. And when I've referred jobs out to other people because it was more in another person's wheelhouse, I've, I've never said, like, hey, you owe me a referral fee. I, you know, if, if I'm going to you know, send somebody to another person, I'm doing it because I think it's a good fit. Right. And I, I'm doing it because it's in the client's best interest. And, I, and while we're all here to make money, you know, you've you got to make money to survive and to stay in business. I don't want decisions to be motivated like strictly yeah. because I'm trying right. to make money. That's the old school of you know the affiliate relationships of just shilling for shill sake. Yep. Yep. What about you, Jonathan? What's your what's your views and practices around this? Um well my like almost my entire business is basically run on partnerships. I, I white label a lot of my work, my designs, my development. Um so it's very important for me to partner up <laughs> with uh, agencies or freelancers because essentially they're my client and they're putting my work for their client. So I build all of my relationships and businesses based on those partnerships. Um, can, I ask, can I ask you a quick question about that? Do you sure. think it's a, it's a kind of strange area. Do you think the client, is there kind of moral thing that the client should really know who's doing the work when it comes to the bottom line or do you think it really doesn't matter I think if they're if my client the developer or the agency already has a relationship with their client it really doesn't matter who does it because who's to say if they have 50 employees or 10 employees or they freelance developers you know I, I kind of see it as the the same thing. So they manage the client side of it, and then I just make sure that they're happy with the, the work that's delivered. Well, Jonathan Denwood, when you go to get your tires changed at Pepboy's, and you, give, you, you make the order at the, the counter, do you expect the person at the counter to go to change the tires? 
I can't afford to have my tyres changed. Oh, I mean, I've invested my life savings in a startup and a SaaS. I'm so crazy. But the theory is the client needs to get what they want within budget and time frame agreed upon. Who does the work shouldn't matter. As long as it's done professionally, then time within budget. Yep. Yeah, I understand it. Hey, Pip, Pippin, um, I'm going to go on to another subject, and um, I like your feedback. So um, there, it was on um, WordPress TV. Um, can you run a successful WordPress business based on WordPress plugins and on the add-on model? And I thought this, this was a kind of question really down your road because... You, you've had a kind of experience in both camps, you know, you've had, you know, and I really like your thoughts on this. So would you like to say something about that, Pippin? Sure. Uh, well, the short answer is yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we uh, and my team have a successful business. Uh, that, well, so in this case, we're talking about easy digital downloads. Um, that is using the add-ons model. And that mean, uh, in this case, that means that we're giving the core, the core platform away for free and we sell upgrades to it. Uh, we have a t full-time team of six people that are all paid well, and we're profitable. So yes, we are successful. Um, beyond that, it's everybody's own personal uh, measurement of successes. Depends. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's easy. I will tell you that if I was to start another business tomorrow, I would not go the add-on route, usually. Oh, right. Um, could you give some ideas on what, why you've come sure. to that conclusion? Um, so it, there's a variety of reasons. Um, number one is that running a marketplace, so well, there's, I think there's two kinds of ways that you could run the add-ons model. One is you can do all the add-ons in-house. All of the add-on features are in-house. You build them, you sell them. Or you can run a marketplace where you build some, third parties build some, and you sell them. And so you manage commissions uh, for those third-party authors. Running a marketplace is hard. It is the hardest job I think I've ever had, and it is, it is so easy to get behind and to get buried. Maybe you have 30 submissions waiting for you to review. I can tell you right now we have add-ons that have been sitting in the queue for six months. Um, things like that. Those are challenges that you run into that you don't really expect. Um, but so depending on which model you take will make things a little easier or more difficult. Uh, but the other one, and this is the one that I think a lot of people forget about, is just because you have a really great core plugin uh, that is free does not mean that people will pay for add-ons when you release them. So let's say you release a plugin and it does something really, really cool, and then you build a really awesome new feature and you release it as an add-on and you price it at $25. No one buys it. And you start wondering to yourself, why? We've got 20,000 people using the free plugin. Why is not even 20 people buying the, the pro feature that we've released? Why? And it's mind-boggling. Uh, and it was an answer that took me, two, I think, about two years to really figure out. Um, but it's actually very simple. Uh, the answer is that you, if you want to be successful with the add-on model, your add-ons must be features that people absolutely need, that they are not necessarily mandatory to run the business, um, your plug your your base plugin still has to function on its own and has to allow somebody to run a site successfully without paying for an upgrade because otherwise if if it can't run on its own you could call it broken you could call it crippled or whatever you oh, want to call oh, it yeah. um, so it still needs to stand on its own but you have to offer add-ons 
that people absolutely need. So let's look at e the e-commerce world, for example. Um, in e-commerce, if you're selling something, doesn't matter what you're selling, you have to have a way to accept a payment. So out of the box, we support PayPal standard, and as of recently, Amazon payments. However, a lot of people don't want to use PayPal. A lot of people don't want to use Amazon. People want to use Stripe. People want to use Authorize.net. They want to process credit cards directly on their site. And so suddenly, they need that feature. So guess what our number one selling add-on is? Stripe. Right. Because people need it. And so therefore, people are willing to pay for it. People are willing to pay for things that they need, not nice-to-haves. Nice-to-haves will never sell very much, but things that they need will sell a lot. And so if you build a business around those kinds of add-ons, you could be successful. But if you only have nice-to-haves, it probably won't go very far. Oh, thanks for that. What about Sally? What's your feelings around the question that people said things to you? Are you going to unmute? I think Pippin has it. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, there are clearly several uh, premium plugins that operate with on the basis of selling extensions. You know, WooCommerce works that way. iThemes Exchange works that way. Um, and in most cases, you know, there's not very... You can do stuff with just the, the free plugin, but you're pretty darn likely to need at least one of the extensions. Um, so you're going to end up paying for, for something. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if, if, your, uh, if your extensions are, are not something that, that people need, you know, they're, they're not going to fork out the money. Yeah, thanks for that, Sally. Um, Adam, um, I was just going to put a quick additional thing to you, Adam. You know, um, like WooCommerce, you know, they've got a lot of additional um, add-ons. And do you think the client, the kind of customer base can get a bit annoyed with having to pay for all these additional add-ons? Do you think... Where's the balance, Adam? Or do you I think there is a kind of friction? Crazy. <laughs> I, what was that, David? I said I see Piffin not like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think the break point is people's flinch factor. I mean, I, I, I can give a case in point. I just told the story last night. I spoke at a, at, a, at a user group. My old flinch factor was zero. Like, I was the cheapest bastard around when it came to the premium plugin or you know, the, the plugin for social media widget or whatever. It was free for the left side, 15 bucks to the right. So I would spend a day looking at the code and figuring out how did the developer do it, how did they lock it down. I would waste eight hours or more. And the plugin was 15 bucks. Now, my flinch factor as a developer, as you know, as someone who's doing work for clients, is about 200. Oh, wait, no, let me, let me change the Pippin. It's still 25 bucks. <laughs> um, you know, it's about $200. I, mean, I, I always buy the developer level so I can reuse it on as many sites as I want. I think if it's a one-off purchase, that flinch factor has to be, like Pippin said, it has to be based on a need versus a nice-to-have. And um, they don't want to be nickel and dime. You know, do they have to then... Pay for the upgrade again if there's an update to it, or is it just the base that gets updated for like a new like a version three to four, four to five? It's a couple of those wacky things that come down to the updates or uh, renewals, not updates, but renewals and licensing later. I, without question, update. Uh, I pay for Gravity Forms every year, a developer level. I mean, there's always a coupon out there, so I get half price anyways. <laughs> but hey, you know, I'm frugal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not rich. Um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of it's, it's 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 an individual choice on how people see the perceived value. So without being nickel and dime. Yeah, what about you, David? What what's your feeling about? Well, I mean, um, I, I know that uh, WooCommerce had a highly uh, publicized <laughs> problem with people who uh, had a problem with the 
nickeling and diming, I'd say. Although I don't really think... Um, so as someone who builds sites for other people for a living, I don't think it's a problem uh, so much as... Or excuse me, I don't think you need all of the different add-ons unless you're just like... Uh, just kind of wanting to have everything just to have everything. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe I do want to offer social discounts. And, you know what? Maybe I do need a third payment thing. And you didn't think about it in the first place. Um, I, sometimes I browse uh, Piven's site just to, uh, you know, just to go, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to try this thing out. And I have tried, I've purchased and tried features from you that uh, I wouldn't have even thought existed in, beforehand. Um, well, we appreciate the purchase. <laughs> I, just got, I just got a slew of emails actually yesterday with like eight different items that are up for renewal. <laughs> um, anyway, now, uh, uh, so, wow, I had a point. Uh, right, so uh, one nice thing um, about... It's old age, model. Dave. It gets us all with the end. Uh, no, one nice thing about the add-on model um, as um, very popular with uh, e-commerce uh plugins uh, is that I'm not getting a uh, stunted feature. Like if I get the free version of Easy Digital Downloads, it works just fine. Um, I'm getting a base feature set. And then if I happen to be the person who needs, you know, Stripe versus PayPal versus Authorized, whatever, I can get the exact one I need, as Pippin said. Uh, but one thing that I don't, I think that was kind of overlooked is that I get as many features as I need to start out. So I'm not blindly going in. If I had to pay for Easy Drill Downloads, uh, the base plugin, I probably would have never tried it versus trying one of them that was free because how would I know before buying it if it was terrible to add new products or if they looked crappy on my site or if the uh, the flow from checkout uh, from you know purchase to checkout uh, was any good. Um, I was able to try all those things out, play around with it, and determine if it fit my needs better than WooCommerce in a certain case or iThemes Exchange in a different case, um, yeah. and then decide, okay, now that I know I'm going to use it, I'm going to buy those add-ons. Yeah, I'm going to go to the other couple panelists, but I want to kind of go back to Pippin. Um, I think one of, I don't know if you would agree with this, Pippin, I think one of the problems with something, you know, I did kind of add that thing about WooCommerce, but what I think most people don't understand they're not involved in coding um, is they they don't really understand what a bargain they're getting with WordPress really you know if they it's such a shock for clients where you have to hire really good developers and you're doing custom plugin development and the pro, you know to get quality the price difference um, do you do you think that's a kind of the Achilles heel of WordPress in some ways, Pippin? I think it's really the Achilles heel of uh, just about any open source or free software that you're running businesses on top of that you're monetizing. Um, when when you have people that are so used to getting things for free, uh, you can download WordPress for free, you download plugins for free or whatever, and then suddenly you slap a $49 price tag on one, there's a lot of people that... Um, react to that kind of a knee-jerk reaction and think, what, why, why would I pay $49? Like, where do I get the value in that? Uh, and that's, a, that's really an education and a perspective thing. Yeah. I do. Um, what about you, Jonathan? What's your feelings around this? I think the, the, the price point pays a... I think you should price the add-ons according to the value that they're bringing because sometimes um, add-ons... I know with WooCommerce, <laughs> I hate to keep bringing them back up, but I saw like an export add-on that was like 80 bucks just to export, 
I think it was like email addresses or something like that. And I'm kind of looking at it like, you know, the average Joe Schmo that just wants an e-commerce site, maybe they want something or they have a little business, but they're not making like $15,000, $20,000 a month. And then to have all these add-ons to run their business could be kind of hard. So I like Pippin's plugin because a lot of his um, plugins are affordable. And you can do the, hey, I want to try this out because it's, only 20 bucks or it's 40 bucks and then if you don't like it then you don't renew it but you know it's kind of more of an impulse where you want to try it as opposed to dropping a hundred dollars on something that you're not sure if you're gonna like or not so there's no point in upgrading it or or, or making that further purchase so that's my feeling on that uh, what about you John um, well I would say this uh, there the plugins that are popular where it's a freemium model the WooCommerce, the easy digital downloads. There's a lot of stability in having the free plugin, and then uh, add-ons because the developers and the people out there um, who don't know that much about WordPress can try the free version, and they can see that it's stable, and they can get 90% of what they need. But I think with you know easy digital downloads and WooCommerce and the other types of plugins that have premium add-ons, there are people that it's worth it to them to buy two, three, four different plugins for WooCommerce because they don't want to lose uh, the person that's going to purchase with Authorize or they don't want to lose the pers person that's going to purchase with Amazon or they want to make things just that much easier and reduce the friction that much more. Now, if you're just starting out and you're only making $100 a month on your site, you're probably not going to invest like $100 in a premium add-on. But if you're making you know, $500, $1,000 a month, then it's going to be worth it to you to start investing more and more into your site. So I, I think the, the freemium model is a good idea. Um, and, you know, as long as Pippin said, as long as you're offering uh, things that people absolutely have to have that they can tie, like, a value to, like, if I add this to my site, then I'm going to, you know, get that peace of mind or I'm going to get those extra sales or m my funnel is going to be that much tighter and those people aren't going to, you know, bounce off of my site. They're going to complete that sale. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan panel, we've got about four or five minutes left. Real quick uh, in, input question here. Um, you know, we didn't really talk about... I, I did know we had a, a time limit yeah. here, Bill. 6.15, people have to go. All right. So we're going to start losing the panel. We'll shut off. 6.15, we can go on a few minutes longer. But uh, we didn't really go over the news of WordPress. The other thing, too, is something big happened. Uh, uh, Windows 10 came out. It's a free download. And I was doing a little blogging. It's actually affecting the Internet a little bit, the downloads. So, did anybody install Windows 10 out there? Nope. What's Windows? I have both. Total reinstall. I have Windows out in the other room. I don't have Windows in this office. I just want to, Pippin, I just want to ask you another quick question. There's a lot of premier plugin providers that go into the SaaS model. And I, I've got different feelings about that. Uh, have you been tempted 
with your main plugins to look at the SAS model and go Absolutely. down that road? Uh, we have one. It's it's in progress now. It does not have a even a remote time frame for when it will go live, but it's in progress. Um, I think ultimately the SAT, um, if you really want to scale a business, uh, especially on the internet, um, and it's something that can be uh, turned into a SaaS, it's where you're going to, I think it'll be many, many, many times more successful than selling a product. Right. Um, do, you, do you feel that there's any downside to it, though? Um, if your servers die, your your business struggles a lot. in other words, well, they're small. Any 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 major I mean, we're looking for something really problematic. I'm thinking that's huge. All right, then. so um, I want to ask you another question, Pippin. Um, sure. Basically, um, you're a very busy man, but you're very approachable. Um, I'm I'm been very critical of myself lately around my time management about getting stuff done. Have you got any advice? Because you seem to hold a lot of hats and you seem to do a lot of stuff, Pippin. Do you not sleep? or have um, you, it's actually, you get... I think it's the opposite. Um, I, I actually sleep eight hours a night and I think that makes a huge difference. And I can testify. I, I testify to that. Not that I've seen him sleep. That just sounds weird. <laughs> but uh, about two weeks ago, I got an email from Pippin, you know, from the, the e-blasts that go out about BDB. And I checked. I was reading the blog post. I forgot what it was about. Sorry. And I go to the website and read it. And up pops the window. There's a live chat. It's like, hi, any questions? I'm like, uh, pretty good for now. But I just spoke about something about your, you know, you know, one of your plugins to a, a student of mine, the class I teach. I go. And by the way. If this is Pippin High, he's like, it is Pippin. I'm like, hey, it's Adam. I was like, hey, I don't, <laughs> you remember, I don't remember that. I was like, I do. And it was like early, it was 8.30 a.m. Pacific. So it was early for us. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, he's, he's working. He's up and doing stuff at the, you know, normal hours, which is impressive. I was very, I was very impressed. No, I I have. He's he answered some um, personally some queries. He, he initiated it. It was that was what's caught me. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we were we were testing a live chat system. Yeah. And, uh, had a lot of fun with it. It was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah but be serious, Pippin. Have you got any kind of advice to you know, yeah. about time um, management and getting things really done? Because I'm struggling, really. I, I'm sure. very critical about how I'm getting stuff done. I think, I think one of the most important, for me at least, uh, was defining a schedule. Uh, and so I work the same time every day. I work uh, whether we're working 8 or 10 hours or, or 7 hours. It doesn't really matter how many hours you want to work a day. Work the same schedule. Uh, so for me, it's really, I work 8.30 to 5.30 every day. Uh, and that has been the biggest thing because between that time, I'm working. Uh, right. Outside of that time, there's, I mean, there's days that I, I stick around and I work longer or there's days that I, I just can't do it and I bail out. But be, putting myself in the mindset that, yep, I'm on the job, I'm in the office, let's get things done. Uh, I think that's very, very beneficial. But that is a, I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with when working from home. Because well, your kitchen's right there, your your TV's right there, uh, my Xbox that, is downstairs. That, that that beer's right next to you. I see that. It is. Um, uh, yeah. What, what, what beer is it actually? Uh, this is a Love Child from Boulevard. It is a, 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 a American Wild Ale. Hey Pippin, you're Midwest. Where are you coming from? Kansas. Kansas. That's right. Where in Kansas? Hutchinson. Oh, Hutchinson. Okay. Right in the middle. Right in the Long middle. way. There's that's a small town in the middle of nowhere. It is. 
Let's get back to the beer bit, hippie. Let's yeah, I just I was curious how that affects you being out in the middle of nowhere with your business. It doesn't affect me at all. Everything's yeah. online. I have good internet, and that's all I really need to run the business. Yeah. yeah. It affects me mentally sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very lovely out in Kansas. <laughs> no, Kansas City's got that 1,000 up, 1,000 down, too. Yeah, I don't have that. My brother has it. All right. Well, let's get to the serious business, um, Pippin the beer. So uh, <laughs> is, that your, is that your favorite, then? This is one of my top three beers in the world, for sure. Are you a connoisseur, then? Pippin? Coors Light being number one, right? Uh, Coors Light's pretty Coors Light. on the bottom. <laughs> uh, I, I really do love my beers. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't know how people drink Coors Light. I mean, hey, no offense if you like it and you're from the Rockies. Oh, I, don't know. I, don't know. I just needed something to cool myself down. It's pretty hot here. So um, I just wanted to go on to the last question quickly, and then we'll we're, we're wrap this up. Um, so basically, I'd like to ask the panel um, their individual experiences co connected to their highs and lows working with WordPress. It, and I'll, I'll give that to Pippin again. Is there any, so would you like to share maybe a high and a low with WordPress that comes that's still burnt into your psyche of your mind, Pippin? The high uh, is meeting some of my best friends in the world uh, that I've ever had and getting to be connected with them, getting to know them, uh, and realizing that due to this inner, uh, this this web of, of relationships and friends that we built online, that if needed to, we can travel almost anywhere, any major city in the world, and have someone that you know. And I think that's very cool. That's not something that anyone could have said if you, um, 10, 20 years ago. Um, and I think that's a very new thing, but it's very, very cool. Um, and the low is... The, the ever-crushing burden of always having things waiting on you, uh, having monstrous to-do lists, having uh, a lot of people waiting for you to get back to them, having plugins waiting for reviewed, and being unable to ever truly disconnect, I think is yeah. the... which has a lot of other psychological effects that are less than pleasant sometimes. I think that well, would be my, my biggest low. Oh, thanks for that, Pippin. What about you, Adam? Your your highs and lows being involved in the crazy world of WordPress. Well, my highs were different at WordCamp Denver. No, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, highs and lows. You know, highs. <laughs> um, it's interesting if you guys have been paying attention to the whole community aspect and this, the, the imposter syndrome and whatnot. Lately, it's gone around some of the community uh, angles, especially with Corey Miller from I Think. You know, I know Corey as well. Um, something like that, you know, it's hard sometimes to feel accepted, especially when we work kind of in a solo environment. And someone always knows more than me, you know. But you can always help somebody be you know, behind you. So I try to look back a lot. I'm, I still have the lows of like, do I really? Am I a fraud? Do, am I faking this? Do I make it? Well, yep. <laughs> I know. For one. As far as the to-dos, the this, that, you know, Pippin says, I have nothing behind me to do on that board. Where's that board? I have nothing behind me on this board to do. It's totally white. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that's not important at all. And half, you know, I have a new, I have a new thing I'm supposed to launch September 1 with my daughter. It's like, that's, let's see that. You know, um, the, 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 so the, the lows are knowing, can I get this all done and manage family time as well? You know, working those hours. Um, and I have another job right now. I'm a director of social media for a company, which, um, I'm not a big fan of the company, as some of the people on the panel know. And I sometimes try to, I have a hard time coming home and say, being here at my, office, my home office and doing more work because I'm so soul drained from the day of what I've just wasted eight hours of my, my life to do. That said, 
the highs are when people do give me, I get emails lately from the, the podcast, and people do like the content they're putting out and the trainings I'm doing. So that's kind of nice. Those are the nice highs. The lows are just... You contribute, you contributed a hell of a lot to the WordPress community. I, I try. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, highs is definitely networking. Definitely meeting all sorts of awesome people and doing things like this, being on panels and podcasts and just meeting all different types of uh, entrepreneurs, I think is like one of the best highs um, being involved in this. Um, for the lows, for me, it was, uh, I don't know, I guess kind of trying to find your path, <laughs> like find that thing that you want to do and then experimenting and then say, oh, did I waste my time with that or should I keep doing this or let me switch it? I mean, everything's a learning experience, but sometimes those things could kind of eat away at you and can be a little discouraging, but, you know, you live and grow. What about you, David? Um, like everyone else, highs, definitely the community. There's a, there's a lot of uh, support here. I love traveling to WordCamps like Adam tried to go to, you know, a good half dozen at least a year, just because it's it's great to, well, one, put a, put a name to a face with people that I interact with all the time online, but two, just have those regular friends that uh, they only get to see every once in a while. Um, uh, loads. Yeah, come on. I don't know it, that. Uh, I, I think I think Corey's talk was very important. Um, I think it was very uh, very strong that he did that. Um, I think that's something that is really hard for people to want to open up about and uh, want to talk about because there's you know maybe stigma around uh, having those kinds of discussions, but. Um, yeah, but David, I also think it's partly due to the American... Don't you think it's also down to the American culture? Uh, I can't say whether the culture is just American or not, but I guess, from my view as an American, uh, I would say yes, there's absolutely... There's there's uh, you know nothing wrong with you coming out and telling someone, you know, uh, oh, I broke my leg, or oh, I have cancer, but it's really hard to come out and say, oh, I'm having other problems that, you know, you can't see them on the surface, but they're still there are still important things. Uh, there are still things that affect whether I get out of bed to get to work or whether uh, you know whether I let the ball drop on something or whatever. Um, I, also just, think, I also think, David, you know, the freelance business has some great benefits, but it's also a tough game, isn't it? It benefits, uh, that, uh, but drawbacks as well. Um, and I work part of the time out of a co-working space just so I have the... Uh, ability to get out of the house and be around other people. Um, you, you know, the, there are the benefits. Uh, the benefits can also be a burden. <laughs> that that ability to do whatever you want whenever you want means that you could also do nothing for as long as you want. Yeah, that's true. What about you, John? Um, well, definitely, there's some highs and lows. Um, for me personally, I don't know about anybody else, but. When I first started, it was definitely a lot of lows because I really didn't know what I was doing at first. You know, this is about three years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of learned by making mistakes. And, uh, you know, I think I've gotten better. Um, lows now are really just, you know, kind of the self-doubt that you feel sometimes. You Sometimes you feel like... Um, you know, maybe am am I really cut out for this? Um, you know, can I you know really make make it like doing this? But the highs are like every day that you uh, do succeed in making it, 
and every day that you um, are able to support yourself, you know, doing web development and and building sites and plugins in WordPress. And I think the community is definitely um, a big part of that. Because yeah, I, I agree with you, Johnny. Um, you know, I don't yeah. want to become a WordPress fan base thing, but I, I, I have been really impressed in general with the WordPress community, the kind of quality of individuals and <coughs> and the openness of a lot of, of really top people to people. What about you, Sally? What's what's your you know what's been your highs and your lows? Uh, well, there's definitely a high in learning to do things and, and doing them successfully and then sharing how you did them with your meetup uh, uh, or, you know, in a tutorial or something. And, and, you know, the available resources are amazing. And the community, you know, I remember Andrea uh, <coughs> saying once, you know, both the best thing and the worst thing about WordPress is the community. Uh, you know, sometimes things are, are a little controversial or people are, are not welcoming, but most of the time it's awesome. Uh, and I would say the low is, you know, coping with those expectations that because WordPress itself is free, any kind of work you do on it should be free or cheap or, you know, that, that kind of devaluation um, and having to, you know, constantly establish a value proposition. Yeah. Well, thanks, panel. I, I'm just going to um, ask Pippin, would, is there any real stuff that you would like to promote that's coming up um, for digital downloads, any um, major updates that you would like to... Um, talk all the add-ons are free! They're all free! Yeah. <laughs> They're free! Yeah. Go on, um, And you get a car, and you get a plug-in, and you get an add-on. <laughs> uh, there, there's two major updates that we've been working on for the last couple of weeks. Um, one of them is actually a new add-on uh, that is all about combating fraud. And e-commerce fraud is a huge problem. Um especially in digital e-commerce. Uh, whether we're talking um, stolen PayPal accounts or stolen credit cards, it's a big problem, and it can be very, very expensive. Uh, I learned the hard way one day, one month, when I uh, just went pretty negative because of a whole lot of fraud, just about got my Stripe account closed and things like that, that fraud is very important. Um, yeah, you um, you discussed this on your applied uh, filters. I did. Podcast. I think you said it, it was a, almost, you got hit for almost 20,000, I think you said. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't even remember now, but it was a lot. It was painful. Um, and it was that month we just said, nope, not happening again. Let's fix this. Um and, and so we, we over the uh, next six months or so, we built a, an internal tool that we used for the next year and a half, and now we've been revamping it and getting ready to release it. Uh, so it will be available to others who are serious about combating fraud. Um, and if you've ever had one chargeback and seen just how expensive they are, you'll understand why you want it. Um, and then the other thing that we're getting ready to release uh, is an update to our software licensing extension which is uh, one of our primary extensions that allows people to sell license keys. Uh, it's, it's especially uh, used in other WordPress businesses, people selling plugins or people selling themes. Uh, it helps deliver updates to customers and um, things like that. It helps you verify that a license key is legitimate. And we're, we've just been building um, a new feature that will allow people to upgrade licenses. So if you have, uh, let's say you have a three-tier system where you have a single site, a five-site license, and an unlimited site license, uh, customers will now be able to upgrade between those sites on predefined upgrade paths 
uh, or we'll be able to upgrade across products, maybe upgrade from a single product to a bundle per a product or something like that. Um, so that's going out hopefully sometime next week or the week after. Oh, great, Pippin. Um, I just want to say thank you for so much for coming on the show, Pippin, and also um, your contribution to the WordPress community. You're, I, I've got to admit, I am a total fanboy, <laughs> and um, you're, you know, you're kind of one of my WordPress heroes. I'm sorry to be such a, uh, a fanboy, but you are. Hey, and you, you, you can't see behind that curtain. He has a big fat head of you right behind that curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the, the show, he took it out this time. He didn't want to be all embarrassed. Yeah, it's a great highlight to have you on and the show. Did, did your tattoo heal of, of Pippin as well? <laughs> yeah, I'm going tomorrow, actually. It's on his back. I'm going to have the first shave. Is it, uh, is it like um, the size of Steve-O's? He's got <laughs> himself on his back. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but seriously, thanks, Pippi. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you, panel. I think uh, I've tried to keep things going, and I think we've covered some interesting topics and it's been aimed at the professional developer, and thank you for coming, and hopefully you've enjoyed it as well, right? And thanks for my co-host, The Wizard. So, uh, yeah, signing off from all over the United States. We've got New York today, Midwest, a lot yeah. of L.A., the Bay Area, John Sacramento. Who else, who else is in L.A. besides me? Where are you, um, Jonathan? John? New York. Where in New York? Staten Island. Staten Island, that's right. Yeah. Right, thanks, folks. I'm, I'm going off Time. now. Uh, gonna cut it. Gonna cut the live feed. Yeah, let me cut the live feed. We'll go over a couple of admin things. Yeah. Thanks, folks. When you have your website and podcast up and running, and you're ready to take it to the next level, as well as reduce the stress of managing your WordPress sites, let Jonathan and his team do all the hard work. Go to wptonic.com/forward/slash/services. To see how Jonathan's programs can save you hours each month and keep your WordPress site optimized and up and running smoothly.